Hello, yes, the Football Fanatic podcast is back and for good reason too, with developments of the European Super League, I'm sure you must know what that is, unless you, well, I can't say unless you've been living under a rock, you can't really live under a rock, you'll be squished by the rock, so you can't be living under it, otherwise you'll be dead anyway. Our topic, the European Super League, causing a lot of controversy in the footballing world, so much so that governments, countries' institutions, like the UK, having to get involved with the the fraudulence, the, the stupidity of Florentino Perez, Joel Glazer, John Henry, what's-his-face, Stan Kroenke, Roman Abramovich, every big club, no, not every big club, because luckily for us, the Bundesliga clubs, PSG and Porto, have some common sense to not be involved in the Super League, which is great, but it's still horrid. And, uh, we're, well, we're going to get into that. By we, I mean me, because I'm here alone today. I think the podcast would be better suited if it's just me. No, no interruptions. Actually, no, that's not true. How do you listen to me for a good hour? Wow. I respect you f- for listening to the other podcast. If you actually did and didn't leave after two minutes, you're probably gone now. I'm just talking to myself. But anyway, to entertain myself, it's stupid that this plan, this European Super League, was brushed aside for the 12 years of its infancy. Let's not forget and let's not pretend like Florentino Perez didn't have this brewing up like a big Thanos plan. Come on now. He started planning this in 2009 and we're only seeing the initiation of it now. Of course, it is yet, well it is confirmed which teams will be there, but it's yet to be kicked off. (laughs) Football puns, let's go. Of course... There will be some more issues to sort out with the Premier League and no, more specifically the FA banning any club that joins the Super League from domestic competitions as well as UEFA restricting participation in their competitions and FIFA also denying players the rights to play in international competitions like the Euro, the Euros, World Cup, AFCON the Combal, I believe. I'm not sure what the South American one is called. That's just fraudulence on my part. But it seems like we can't we can't say this wasn't coming. It was obviously coming. With the amount of money that's put into football, it was only a matter of time until someone like Florentino Perez, who has no regard for human decency whatsoever, tried to line his pockets with even more cash by initiating this European Super League. Of course, you might have seen on your social media timeline, on your YouTube page and so on and so forth, pundits like Gary Neville and Rio Ferdinand talking about the logistics of the European Super League, when in reality, they've benefited from the money and funds put into football, so they can't really turn around and say, oh no, this is killing the game. Know know your place, you piece of trap. No, I can't say that. I really can't say that. Let's move on swiftly before I get sued. Already, already struggling enough, like the whole world, but somehow there is 10 billion euros to spare to see Haaland and Mbappe face off in Mexico every two weeks. Um, I just can't. Arsenal had to let off their dinosaur 
pretending like the club needed loans to be able to sustain his income. But yet Stan Kroenke's all in for his 3 billion euro a season, is it? Or just for entering, just for participating. No, not even participating, just for saying you'll be in it. 3 billion euros. What's going on? Who's allowed this to happen? Why is this happening? Well, we know why it's happening, because money and money talks and money will never shut up. It's like your ex-girlfriend. Anyway, what this means for grassroots football is bad. What it means for European football as a whole is bad. What it means for football as a whole is bad. Everything's bad, horrid, and it could be getting worse. But we can't really say there is any hope. I was about to go into the point that Bayern Munich, Dortmund, PSG and Porto have all openly stated that they didn't want to be a part of this, but it's still going to go ahead. And the top six, not really the top six, the Arsenal and Spurs really top six. Liverpool are shite this season because we can't win games. So not the top six, but the richest clubs in England, let's say that rather, still want to pull away along with, I believe, the two Madrid clubs and Barcelona with Juventus, which is fraudulent, AC Milan, and I think those are the only two from Italy. I can't, the the other teams just eluded me now, but they're still stupid for wanting to, well, they're not stupid, but they're heartless. There's a difference between stupidity and lack of affection. Stupidity, in their case, would not be trying to stop this because it means more money for them, but they are heartless because they don't know what the implications are. Well, they probably do, they just don't care. I alluded to this earlier. Grassroots football is affected in all countries. Once the big cats in the league go, there is then no money that gets filtered down. I saw people stating, oh, this is good for the league, it means more competition. No one's watching leagues where the biggest teams are gone. Who is tuning in to see flipping Aston Villa versus Wolverhampton Wanderers for a battle in top for the top four? No one, you're not tuning into that. No one's going to watch Sassuolo, I can't even Sassuolo versus Spal or Spezia for the top six place in Serie A. No one's tuning into flipping Nantes versus Len to see who's going to get the league uh, Uber Eats. It probably won't even be called Uber Eats or all the sponsorships they get. Title. It's just, it's just, it's not stupid, but it's greedy and it's cruel. And it's evil in a way, killing the game, killing the sport for financial gain. Uh, I did say it was always going to come down to this eventually. There was always going to be, well, as long as there's always a demand for football, there will always be money which can be made more of, more money, more money and more money that these chairmen, these clubs can take. And the more they can get, the more that they will make, because that's how the football pyramid goes. Essentially, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer because the rich exploit the poor. There's that one image of 
football created by the poor and stolen or tainted by or something by the rich and it is true in a sense how we've gone from the origins of former milkmen and army soldiers initiating these clubs in the 1800s to big oil conglomerates and billionaire tycoons taking over and using them as their little playthings to make more money to line their pockets of even more platinum chains. Not platinum chains, probably, I don't know, what, what the old rich men with beer bellies buy, I'm not sure. Uh, I've been talking for eight minutes, it feels like 80 years, but there's still more to talk on, I haven't even scratched the surface. I'll talk about England, because that's what people really want to hear. Talk about the FA and how that affects English football from the Prem down to the conference. You lose Liverpool, you lose Manchester City, you lose Spurs. You shouldn't be losing Spurs like they're a big club. Fancy stadium doesn't equal big club, come on now. You lose Arsenal, you lose Chelsea and you lose United. You're losing revenue, let's be honest here. Manchester United are arguably the biggest and most known, most popular club in the world. Probably one of the most known things in the world. Your great-grandmom probably knew about Man United. Some Bruneian farmer most likely knows about Man United. And it seems like losing them in your league would be detrimental, along with the other five massive clubs, would be detrimental to revenue. I talked about this earlier, no one's going to watch, no one's dying to tune in to see a title race with Aston Villa, and they should because it's great football, they play great football, but no one cares, that's the problem. There is no care, there is no care while English left the chat, no one cares for that game. There were statements made earlier, uh, I believe yesterday, I'm not sure who said it, but there is no need, I think it was Hugh Wizzy, there is no need for Crystal Palace to play Newcastle when the world wants to see, well the world except those fan bases, want to see Real versus Bayern Munich in Abu Dhabi. It seems like football has gone from a sport into entertainment. The European Super League isn't a competition, it is more a series, a franchise. Football itself is not a sport anymore, more a business. Where businessmen, billionaires, companies make their money and leave and they don't invest their heart and soul into clubs, players, fans, staff. The grounds, the feeling of football has gone and devoided from them. And we are just left with this thing that's supposed to be an escape. Because in reality, football is an escape from your daily life. For 90 minutes plus or minus 10, not 10, who's taking away 10 minutes from the match? But anyway, it is an escape for you. You don't have to deal with life, you can just hope and pray that your players do the business on you for the on the pitch, that your club gives you some sort of joy. And if you're an Arsenal fan, that doesn't really happen. But listen, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but of course, 
that comes at a cost and that cost is losing it once the big clubs decide that no, we don't want to make you happy, we want to make more money. And let's be honest, they're not initiating this European Super League so that we can have so that we can have more frequent massive games, so that we can have Juventus playing Chelsea every week or Man U playing something who's in it. Atletico at in some random location like Paris or something. No, no, no. It is not there for your enjoyment. It is there, the European Super League, that is, to make money, to exploit you without you really being exploited because you think you're watching brilliant football when in fact you are getting mugged by these billionaires that are killing football, strangling it, stripping it and sucking it for all it's worth and leaving it when it's dead because in reality it is going to die no one's going to care in the good five seasons when you've seen your club play real barca Atleti, chelsea and manu and liverpool every week it gets old the novelty's gone there's no need to see that match anymore because it becomes irrelevant in a league where there's no promotion or relegation it will get stale. It's not going to be interesting after a while. Look at the old firm derby. If that derby, the most interesting, one of the most fierce derbies in the UK, in, uh, in I was about, I was about to say in Ireland, Jesus Louise, in Scotland, if that's played five, six times a week, you're going to get tired of it. Whereas if that's every year, every I think Visa, Liam uh, Visa on YouTube said this, if you see that game every three years with that atmosphere when there isn't any COVID, of course, it's going to be mental. But since it's just, oh, Rangers play Celtic, okay, that's fine. They play each other like four times a season now, okay. It gets boring. It, the effect wears off. Because, let's be honest, novelty keeps you stimulated and keeps you interested. When that's gone, you don't care. Look at social media, for example. You see one post, you keep scrolling because you want something new, you want something exciting. And in the case of our European Super League, with only 15 teams, it's going to get boring after a year or two. You will grow tired of playing Barcelona. Ask the Liga fans, do you think they love playing Barcelona? Well, you could argue that they get spanked half the time, but ask Celta Vigo fans, do they get gobsmacked by playing Barcelona twice a year? Probably not, because it's become normal for them. Deep that for a second. Let that sink in and make sure you close the tap, save water, okay? <laughs> There's so much wrong with what's gone on in the last, what, 18, 19 hours. <sighs> You're just lost for words. You are literally lost for words. Because you can't describe the greed that's gone on. Think about the clubs, okay? Don't think about Arsenal, don't think about City, don't think about Chelsea. They've got enough money as it is. The owners are billionaires, okay, come on, let's be real here. Think about Gladys from Everton. She depends on Everton versus City, Everton versus Manu, Everton versus Chelsea, Everton versus Liverpool. That brings in 
but most revenue from broadcasters, from Sky Sports, from BT, from Supersport, from whoever, because people want to see those matches. Gladys would need that revenue that the club makes. The club can advertise, sell match day tickets, of course, when there's any COVID, which goes towards her salary. When that money's gone, when those big clubs are gone, do you think as many people are going to tune in to see Everton versus Crystal Palace for a title challenge? No, which means people aren't tuning in, so the money's gone. When the money's gone, people can't get paid. We've seen this in our pandemic society. Arsenal had to lay off a flipping dinosaur. But they don't care. Stan Kroenke has the money to pay Gunnosaurus, but he didn't pay Gunnosaurus. <laughs> Mesut Ozil, who's gone, had to do that. Deep that. The billionaire was so greedy that he didn't pay a mascot. Come on now. Let's, let's stop ranting. You're probably listening to this at night, so I want to give you a nice soothing voice. Maybe to drift you off to sleep. 17 minutes so far, or 18, just going to calm it down a bit and we're going to talk a bit more on the actual players, the actual clubs in FIFA and UEFA. UEFA are trying to do this power grab where money would persuade them out of anything. If the governing bodies of the European Super League were to go, here's one billion pounds, stop talking and let us initiate this, UEFA aren't complaining. Let's be honest here, they'll put out a statement saying, oh, we have evaluated the situation and we will allow said clubs to participate in the European Super League. You'd see them agreeing because their pockets aligned with hundred pound notes. If there is any change, actually, let's talk about that. UEFA put out a statement in, what, five, six, seven hours after this European Super League participants were announced? They haven't said anything whatsoever or done any notable work to solve the issue of racism in football. Nothing. Do you know why? That's making no money. Because this game is about money now. No one cares about feelings. Let's look at FIFA, the human rights issues surrounding the Qatar 2022 World Cup and the stadiums being built. No, no statements on human rights, no statements on the ongoings in Qatar about the stadiums being built. Four hours after the European Super League's announced, oh no, we're condemning any player that wants to play in this European Super League and we're banning them and restricting them from playing in international competitions. What's going on there? Why can't you sort out your own issues? You greedy nonce, I can't call FIFA nonce. <laughs> if I ever become famous one day, some of my quotes will get me in trouble, but it's okay. No, I'm not becoming famous. <laughs> okay, back to that point about FIFA. They are trying, or was it UEFA? It's fine, we'll go to FIFA. They are trying to place restrictions on players that participate in the European Super League, banning them from playing games in international competitions. The problem is that shooting themselves in their own... Well, English left the chat. They're shooting themselves in the foot. Think about this. If you lose 
let's say five six seven players from spain who are world class brilliant footballers elite athletes who are playing in the european super league you lose another seven from belgium you lose eight from brazil 12 from argentina though they're probably like seven from argentina let's be real here you lose a good nine from England. All those good players not playing in the World Cup. No one's watching that. I'm sorry. No no one's going to watch the World Cup. Is anyone watching the qualifying games for Colombia versus Ecuador? No. Do you know why? The massive players aren't there. So if you're... And let's be honest. The massive players are going to UEFA. UEFA? What? The European Super League clubs. If it is to be... Or if it is going through, it is getting kicked off. If you're losing the biggest players, the football's world stars, no one's going to tune into your to your tournament. No one's going to watch the World Cup to see Benteke ripping it up for Belgium against Ayose Perez for Spain. No one's going to want to see Aaron Connolly smacking something I don't know, Kaglash Soyuncu in a semi-final of the Euros. No one's watching that because they're all busy with the European Super League. And they'll probably initiate their own international tournament somehow because they've got the money to. Let's be real, it's been planned for 12 years. There's going to be money there. They haven't just done this on a fluke. And some say this European Super League will fail. No, if something's planned for 12 years and if 10 billion euros are being put in place, just so that you can join, then there's some serious work being put into this, and it's not just going to flop instantly, okay? There's also the issue that I think I talked about briefly, but I'll go into more depth now, that uh, the FA states that any club that joins the European Super League will be restricted and disallowed from playing. Is disallowed? Does that work? disallowed from playing domestic competitions. So if you lose those, not big six, but the wealthiest six in England, you lose that revenue, which results in the FA losing money, which results in the whole footballing pyramid losing money, people getting, uh, people losing their jobs, clubs being put into liquidation and so on and so forth. And we've seen, interestingly enough, that as soon as this European Super League was announced, a mere 12, 13 hours later, Jose Mourinho is sacked, but I think he left, rather, he rather left Tottenham Hotspur. Now, they have been in poor form, yes, but it's just showing that there is something wrong here. If Jose doesn't want to manage a club in this league, there is something rotten to the core. You could say he just doesn't like Florentino Perez, but listen, we don't need to talk about that. It seems like here from Team Talk, Klopp in revolt with FSG over European Super League plan. This report is also hinting at the fact that some managers like us fans aren't standing for this. 
no one wants to see this except for the people who are benefiting financially. Of course, it is a financial benefit for the chairman, players, advertisers, especially the advertisers, because if you are, let's say if you're Lays, okay, they sponsor the Champions League. If you are Lays and you sponsor one match for, let's say, a 30 second ad at half time, you are most likely going to have at least a hundred million people watching. At least, if it's a massive game in the inauguration or the first season of the European Super League, you are bringing in a heck of a lot of revenue just from one strategically placed ad, just from one advert running, just from one commercial. Because there's so much money to be made, and that's why I keep tracking back and saying it's not a stupid idea because it's a great idea from a financial standpoint but it's a horrid concept from a footballing and from a from a normal standpoint because if you think about it people are losing their jobs because of this people will lose their jobs because of this clubs will lose money every club that isn't associated with the european super league will lose money that's just the reality of it and it's sad, and as fans, we don't know what to do. If you're for this, then you're, you're not a football fan. I'm sorry, you look at football as if it's entertainment and there's something wrong with you. If you're against it, then I salute you. It, it's, it's just, wow. By wow, I mean not wow in a good way. Apparently, there's been a meeting on Thursday about FFP with Ed Woodward and some other executives. And the topic of financial fair play needs to come into question because if the European Super League has any morals, they will implement some sort of financial fair play in that league. Because when you look at it financially, each club is guaranteed 200 to 500 million euros per season. Deep that. Along with the ad revenue, along with the money they make independently, along with their sponsorship deals. Let's take Real Madrid, for example. They've got their deal with Emirates, their deal with Adidas, their deal with Nivea. They've got the magnitude and this, this, just this aura of being Real Madrid. And they've got their advertisers as well. They've got people putting money into the club. And then you've got the 500 million plus the 3 billion that they've got from just participating. That's 4 billion plus. Some of that will probably be taken away. So let's say transfer budget of 800 million. No one's stopping them from buying whoever they want. Massive contracts will be offered. The biggest players will leave to join these clubs in the European Super League and there's nothing that can be done about it. Just think about the amount of money. I'm not sure you're comprehending how much money this is going to have. Every season, one club can make excess of 250 million euros. Think about that. Premier League clubs make at least 110, maybe. 
110-115 million pounds a year, or a season rather. Double that and add some more millions on it, just splash some millions there, and you, <laughs> you're getting the European Super... Oh, wow. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And it seems like we're going into this football war, if you... War. War. W-A-R. My damn tongue not making words sound nice. <laughs> Oh, wow. Just, just, wow. Is the the big leagues, the fat cats, the wealthy ones at the top, the ones controlling everything, and then you've got us, the humble football fans that just want to see our clubs do well. At the bottom, helpless and just trying and begging and pleading for this European Super League not to happen. And we'll just have to wait and see if our prayers will be answered. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, I don't want to bore you with random silence in this podcast, so let's talk more about the European Super League. Yeah, you heard me clicking my fingers, some ASMR for you. (laughs) It seems like we're turning into this American model of sport with this no relegation, no promotion in the European Super League where big teams are not on an equal playing... No, they are on an equal playing field, but that playing field is just littered with £100 notes everywhere and money can be splashed left, right and centre leaving the smaller clubs to wallow away like trash, rubbish, discarded waste. Because they don't care. They really do not care. They could not give a toss about clubs in... smaller clubs in the league, especially clubs in lower divisions. This doesn't help them in any way, shape or form. Because when you think about it, you want your club to do well so that they can enter the Europa League or the Champions League, earn more revenue there, maybe win some silverware along the line, and grow, prosper as a club. This European Super League takes all of that away, takes the historical, not even the historical, just takes the wealthiest clubs, segregates them, and lets them generate their own money, leaving smaller clubs or not as wealthy clubs to wallow away and it's sad and i'm tired and i've been speaking for half an hour so i'm going to leave it there thank you for joining me i hope you enjoyed the warm hands and the cool embrace of myself i might be back later this week probably on wednesday for another podcast or an upload of some sort so take care Ban the European Super League and bye bye.